listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life Moscow Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. I was telling my wife the other day, somebody posted a picture of her when she was 18, and we started dating about that time, and she's 28 now, as you can tell. So, um, uh, But honestly, uh, I've fallen more in love with my wife. Uh, seeing her spirit and her heart and, and, and those things. I, I think she's more beautiful than she's ever been before in my eyes. I know that's against common worldly wisdom of wrinkles and anything else that happens to us as we age, but I'm just honored to be married to a godly woman who, who chases God and who shepherds well and is, uh, she just, I just, I've, I've learned so much from my wife. So kudos to Mrs. Gray. By the way, my name is Josh Gray. Uh, yes, you guys can clap for her. Man. Someday, someday I'll get that. No, uh, super proud of her. Um, my name is Josh Graham, the executive pastor here at Real Life. Get the chance to share with you guys this morning. We are in our Shaping Faith series, and it's a long series, but wow, what a powerful series this is. And we're uh, in the circle of community now. And so uh, in this circle part of it, we, we get a chance to talk about uh, different aspects and healthy aspects of community and last week, Aaron and uh, Emmy talked about forgiveness, and it was one, uh, just a fantastic sermon. If you missed that, go back, and if you didn't miss it, and you were here for all three services like I was, and then you listened to it online again, then you probably understand like 30% of it. And so uh, repetition is the mother of all learning, memory. Thank you. Um, so go back and say, I know it had a personal impact on Carrie and I, and we started making different decisions and had to go try and, try and reaching out into some different relationships to, as we understand forgiveness better. And hopefully it did that for you as well, uh, because, uh, improper understanding of forgiveness and improper, uh, not, you know, not forgiving destroys community. It destroys relationships Extensively, I was talking to a, a guy in my group. And we were talking about family dynamics and different things, and what he grew up in his family, and not having the ability to make uh, make amends and forgive things, uh, and how it has affected his family forever. And so, go back and see that uh, we have some great series that are happening, or great sermons that have happened in this series. Today, we're talking about boundaries, and so uh, three kind of boundaries that we're going to talk about a little bit today: uh, mental boundaries, uh, spiritual boundaries. We'll spend a, a big chunk of time on that. And then physical boundaries. And it was interesting as God is revealing this through this week and prep, preparing. And I was watching a, a, a game of some of my godsons this weekend in Lewiston. And um, the very first game that they played, and it's the first game that they played in all year, I have three godsons that are on this team. One's a senior, and he's awesome, and he's going to play college baseball. One's a, a sophomore, and he's a good player. And then the freshman made it on varsity. And he's 14 and barely, like, has no facial hair or nothing and all those things. And this is his first baseball game uh, at, on a varsity level. And so you talk about mental boundaries. The team that they were playing was called Rocky Mountain, and they're the number one team in the state. And the guy that was pitching, I was, like, watching, you know, they're, why, why are these, like, 15 people just going, like, and they're watching him warm up. And then they, and then they sit down right behind the home plate, and they all pull out their radar guns. That's when you know. You're in for a long night. When you have 15 major league scouts there with radar guns to watch this guy who's pitching. And, and so he's pitching, and uh, Tyson is playing right field or left field, and he's batting eighth, and he's 14, and 
you know, probably never seen anything over 75 miles an hour in his life uh, in regards to that pitching wise or hitting wise. And his big brother gets up there and strikes out and his next big brother gets up there and strikes out. And so do, I think, six of the previous seven batters before he gets up there. And welcome to your first at bat. So what do you think his mental state of mind was seeing six people strike out and one guy hit a really long two-hopper to the pitcher on accident? Um, What do you think his mental mindset was when he got up there? And so he went up there and took his three pitches and then came back to the dugout and his eyes were like... So we have mental boundaries and mental barriers that, that, that happen in our life um, and that we have to work through and, and understand those things. And what does this look like in, in, in sports and all those things? The other thing we have is we have physical boundaries. And so I'll share with you a personal story about physical, uh, a physical boundary. And this is, has a lot to do with letting your yes be yes and your no be no, but understanding the, what you're getting into. Has anybody ever heard of a Spartan race? Yeah, I know you did, Jason. Okay. All right. Anybody heard of a Spartan race? Okay. So there's these three races that you can do in the Spartan race world. And there's uh, the first one's called a sprint. It's three to five miles. It has 15 to 20 obstacles. You could probably go out and do that today. You might be in a little bit of pain, but you could probably finish it, right? Just jumping off the streets here. Uh, But you should train for something like that. And then the next one is uh, called a, a super, and it's eight to 10 miles, and it's got... Uh, I think 25 to 25 obstacles-ish in there. And these obstacles are like monkey bars to ropes. And then there's like a rope climb where you climb up this rope. You know how you do. You just climb up this rope and, you know, hit the bell. Super easy. Um, And, you know, you're carrying an atlas ball and put it on this thing. There's a lot of physical things. And that's like 8 to 10 miles. And then there's this one called the Beast, which is uh, 10 to 13 miles, like 35 obstacles. And I've never, like in my lifetime, ran five miles on purpose at one time. So let's see this picture. Let me show you these mean individuals here. Uh, the guy on the left is my brother-in-law, Kevin. He started this mess. He called me up and is like, hey, Josh, let's do this brother-in-law thing. We'll go do these Spartan races together. It'll be fun. Kevin's about four or five years younger than me. And this is my brother-in-law, Mike. He's about nine, or nine years younger than me and, and in shape. And I'm totally sucking in my stomach in this picture, just so you know. I'm just like... <gasps> Like, just to show that I have some sort of... What I never noticed about this picture is you see in the back right there, it says Big Fork Ambulance. So a couple things you need to know about Big Fork, Montana. Not a real flat area. Uh, It's kind of tucked up, up against a mountain. And so when you think about running like a half marathon or 10 to 13 miles or whatever it is, you know, you're usually not doing that like this on the side of a mountain, up and down and left and right and up and down and left and right on the side of a mountain. So the smart person, if you were going to dive in and do a Spartan race, which one would you start with? The little one. Guess which one I started with? The beast. Are you wearing your beast shirt right now? Come here. Come here. Let me show you guys what I know. Come up here real quick, Jason. Hurry, hurry, hurry. We're on time. I got this same T-shirt. Look at this. 2015 beast. I got a 2016. Thank you. Yeah, you get a T-shirt for this event. It's really worth it. Um, so let's, let's fast forward. I got lots, I know this isn't about but physical boundaries. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm sitting in the starting block. You're kind of excited, jacked up about this. I mildly trained for this, 
which was a problem. Um, and so I'm standing next to this guy. He's like, yeah, I just did the Seattle one uh, three weeks ago, the super. I'm excited. This is my trifecta. If you do all three in one year, you get three medals and they fit together. It's really cool. Um, and so I was like, awesome. So we go to, we do our couple obstacles. We get to the first obstacle and you step up on this uh, block of wood and then it's the monkey bar kind of thing into these rope things and all those things. And so he's in, this guy that I just met in front of me. You kind of go in waves. He gets up there. He's like, one, two, three, whoops, slips, fall, boom, compound fracture, tib, fib, out the side. I'm, I'm, st- I'm like ready to go like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let me step back here. That's interesting, right? So the lady's like, sir, don't move. I'm like, I don't think he's going to. He's like, uh, we're at obstacle four here. We have another compound fracture. Can we get the card over here again? Like, this is like normal. She's like not even panicked. Like, could care. this guy's bones are sticking out the side of his legs. She's like, eh. So that's my introduction to this Spartan race. I was like, great, you know, here we go. So we keep going, trucking through, get this 40-pound sandbag-ish, I think. And we're going up the side of this mountain where they cut cut this trail to put the power line up and over the mountain so it's not really flat. It's kind of like this. And I remember like 10 steps and, you know, 10 steps getting up there. I get to the top and this guy's like all jazzed up. He's like, all right, Spartans, you're at mile two. (laughs) Just so you know, anytime that you ever have to take goo to finish an event that you're doing, like some like protein, sugar, goo stuff that you have to like, you have to do that. You've, you know, Bill Ingvall? That's your sign. You've gone too far, right? You have gone too far. So we're, we're cruising, cruising. Like the guy that won it, I think, ran it in like two hours and like 18 minutes or something. And he gets paid to do this. He gets paid. Like that's his life. So six hours and five minutes later, next picture. There we are. I'm looking like I'm in pretty good shape, as you can tell. My brother-in-law's like, you want to run it all, Josh? I'm like, eh. Kind of, not really. And so anyway, we're cruising through this thing and, and cruising is an interesting term. Uh, anyway, and, uh, we're getting close to the end and I'm like, yeah, we're, we're almost to the end. Rewind, if you mess up on an obstacle, which I messed up on the first one, I didn't break my leg, but I didn't finish the obstacle. You have to do 30 burpees, okay? So here's my first burpees, right? This is me at the very beginning of the race. You know, I'm, I'm just killing, you know, I'm killing it, right? That was kind of a baseball or football stance. Anyway, I'm killing it, right? So remember that burpee. And so physical boundaries, we're still on boundaries, physical boundaries. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Okay, so we're finishing up and we're, we're coming up and I hear like the celebration and there's all these people hanging out and doing all this cool stuff. And you're like, yeah, we're almost there. And like coming up and I'm cruising up this hill and I'm cruising down. I'm like, if we're going to the finish line. Like you don't really know where you're at or what's going on. And all of a sudden these guys are coming back up the same mountain that I'm coming down, I can see him as we're passing each other, and they're carrying five-gallon buckets of gravel. That's unfortunate that that's at the end of the entire race, right? So the, as you can tell, this is not going good. And I get to the very last obstacle, and it's some sort of upper body strength, strength thing that I'm already spent at. Here's the last burpee, right? The last set of burpees. I get to it, I look at it, I'm like, where's the burpee pit? Oh, okay, it's over here. So here's the, here it is. One. Right? Okay. So as you think about physical boundaries, I remember when I first got there, I was like, look at these guys. They're like hosing off and cleaning off over there. And the ripped guys have their shirts off and stuff. And I'm like, I am never remotely taking my shirt off. 
You know why I couldn't take my shirt off? I physically couldn't take my shirt off. Like that was no, yeah, no doubt you're not going to do that. I physically couldn't take my shoes off. All right, finishing up the story. Making me tired to think about it. Um, Physical boundaries, people, physical boundaries. So uh, we get back to the house we're renting and my wife, she's like, we got to roll out your muscles a little bit. What what should you do if you just, you probably need some hydration, right? So I drank uh, two 32-ounce Gatorades. And if my wife like touched my body with like to try and roll anything out, I was screaming in pain like a little girl. (laughs) Right, just dying. So we're in this rental house. We, Carrie and I, we were downstairs in the bedroom downstairs, which was a whole other story to get downstairs um, at this point. And so I'm laying there. I fell asleep, passed out, whatever you want to call it. And I guess what you have to do after you've had 64 ounces of Gatorade. <laughs> That's right. You've got to go to the bathroom. And so I'm laying there for four hours, and now I've got to get up. My body is very disappointed in, in the activities it's already been put through today. So I try and get up out of this bed, and this is like an Olympic weightlifting feat. And I'm old man in it for sure. Like, I'm going over there. I'm just like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom really bad. This is a long ways away. So I get to the bathroom, and I look down, and I'm like, there's a problem. The toilet seat is down. How in the world am I going to bend down to lift this toilet seat up. Get the toilet seat up and I'm, my legs are jello. I'm, so remember back to baseball, like if you're a baseball player and you do like 30% of the time, you're a major league baseball player making millions. If you're like 40% of the time, you know, you're a hall of famer if you're successful. If you're trying to go to the bathroom in the toilet and you only make 40% of it, you're not successful. My hands are on the wall. I'm shaking everything. It was bad news. So what's the moral of that story? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And don't listen to your (laughs) brother-in-laws. But there are physical boundaries, correct? There are physical boundaries in our life. Now let's talk about some spiritual boundaries. This is a funny story, but it's true. To understand where you're going. To understand why God would have different things for you. And we're going to skip the rock across the top of boundaries just barely. Okay, Um, here's a quote. So why are boundaries so important? Personal boundaries are what define your identity. There's been a fair amount of talk about boundaries in the news, is there not? No, nobody reads the news? Okay, all right. They're like uh, the property lines around a home. This is my property and that is not my property. This is me and what I value and am good at and believe and need or feel and that is not me. To know yourself and be secure that you are loved is essential to all relationships and activities. The better your boundaries of self-awareness and self-definition are, the greater your capacity to offer empathy and love to others. Good boundaries help you to care for others because you have a stable foundation to operate from and are not distracted or depleted by personal insecurities or blind spots. When you have good boundaries, you're a healthier person. Boundaries, I like to, people think like boundaries, like you're bound or you're tied or when things, it's more like guardrails in life. How many people appreciate guard, guardrails? Yeah, how many of you guys have used them? Okay, yeah, like, right, we've used, these are guidelines, these are, these are areas in our life that are helping to direct us. 
And outside of all our funny stories and all those things, here's what I, first point I want you to remember is that boundaries are God's idea. Boundaries are God's idea. And it was his idea from the very beginning. We see it in Genesis, uh, at the beginning of Genesis, when he separates the heavens from the earth and when they're walking in the garden and he puts boundaries around certain trees that we should or shouldn't uh, be involved in. And God's trying to set up boundaries for the betterment of us. We see it here, even in Job uh, 38, we have, uh, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know who stretched a measuring line across it. On what were its footings set or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness. When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place. When I said, this far you may come and no farther. Here is what, uh, where your proud waves halt. Boundaries. They're God's idea. It's all throughout the text. There, it's, it's, it's laden with that. And to understand God's boundaries is, is what helps you understand your identity. So boundaries, point number two, boundaries help us set rules that we're going to live by. And again, we're skipping a rock across the top of boundaries and hopefully we'll do some classes and different things for us to dive in in depth. But it, it is your identity. It's why they're so important. You know, God spent a little bit of time here in Exodus 20 giving us some basic boundaries. He said, uh, and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Don't have any other gods before me. Well, why? Because this God in heaven who creates godly boundaries knows what's best for you. And if you're distracted listening to other stuff and worshiping other things, you're missing what he has for you. Point two, he says, uh, we shall not ma- uh, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children, uh, children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Boundaries. What's God's love language? Obedience. To hear him. And why does he want us to obey him? Is he trying to mess you up? No. He loves you. Boundaries are, 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 are from somebody who loves you. You should not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. When we baptize 16 people here on Friday, 16 people set up a boundary in their life of what they were going to believe. We asked them that question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God? Yes. Do you, are you going to, by being in this uh, tub today, are you promising and declaring to everyone here that you're going to try and follow him the best you can for the rest of your life? Yes. yes. Great. Well, since you're making those boundaries, 
We're going to cement it in baptism, and all these folks are going to, in community, we're going to help you walk that walk. So when you accept the Lord, we didn't give him a T-shirt. The Lord gives you his name. And what kind of name do we want outside of these walls as you're walking around as a Christian? Someone who has healthy boundaries will give God a good name. Somebody who doesn't have healthy boundaries will give God a, a black eye for a fight he was never in. That's why we can't misuse his name or use his name in vain. Be what we say we are. Number four, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all the work, but the seventh day is a, is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male or female servant nor your, your animals nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and make it holy. Why does he put a boundary and force us to rest? Because he knows that a healthy version of you models rest. And what can you do in your rest? You can reflect. And what could you possibly reflect on? The boundaries in your life. How is that going for you? What needs to change? What's going on? Am I within God's boundaries? Because his boundaries are best for me. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long uh, in the land of the Lord your God uh, is giving you. If you can honor your mother and father well, guess what else you could do? You could honor your brothers and sisters well. And what does it look like to be a church and a community and a country that honors each other well? It doesn't look like a lot what we see in the news, does it? But it should look a lot like that in this house. It should look a lot like this in this city. You shall not murder. That kind of messes up community. Right? You shall not commit adultery. That messes up community. My dad's not a Christian. He told me two things, though. He said, Josh, never mess with anybody's wife and never mess with anybody's money because those two things will get you killed. Al Gray. Right? I'm like, all right, Dad. You're my dad. That's a, that's a pretty good boundary. Sounds good. I'm going to hold those. I'm a little scared. Right? Uh, how about you shall not steal? I don't know why the Lord planned this this way this week, but uh, we got our, my son got his car broken into this week. Somebody went through our street, street and broke, broke into a bunch of cars and stole stuff. They stole his school backpack, which he was devastated about. <laughs> Bummer. Uh, but they stole his baseball bag. And if you know anything about baseball, like your mitt is part of who you are. Like you've spent time loving that mitt and, and molding it. It's, it is part of who you actually are. And his helmet and his batting gloves and his cleats and all those things. And those things, fortunately, we're able to replace those things. Um, but like there's a violation that occurred. And it's not so much about the stuff. It's about a broken boundary. Does that make sense? Boundaries. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. This is slander. What are you supposed to do if you're at aught with your neighbor? You're supposed to go talk with them, right? Now, that doesn't mean you put yourself in harm's way, but you go talk with them. 
and you can take another with them. And you seek for understand. You seek for restoration. We don't slander somebody's name. We don't gossip. God finds that, and he thought it was so important that we not slander, that he puts it in the, in the Ten Commandments. You shall not cover your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his uh, ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Well, why shouldn't you covet? That's a boundary, right? Because we're saying we're not content. And the Lord has given you everything that you need to be content. And so as God draws these boundaries for us, it is for our best interest. My resources this week came from uh, Dr. Uh, Henry Cloud and Dr. Townsend's boundary book uh, and uh, obviously from God's word because God is the authority on boundaries. And some of the things that they have in this book are uh, the myths of boundaries. And again, we hopefully we'll be able to do a study because this is super, super in-depth. We're just scratching the surface here. I hope you just kind of have a little itch in there. Be like, okay, what are my boundaries looking like? First of all, they're God's idea. Yep. And first of all, they define who I am. They define, define what I believe, right? And what are some of these myths? Well, if I set boundaries, I'm being selfish. No, if you set boundaries, you're being like God. You're being a Christian especially when they're godly boundaries because you're doing it because you love others and because you're defining who you are underneath God's plan, not underneath the world's plan. Amen? The reason I have boundaries is because I'm in trouble. No. The lack of boundaries often is a sign of when you're in trouble. I, used to, I tell my kids often, nothing good happens after midnight. Most of the dumbest decisions I've ever made in my entire life come after midnight. Two, there's two common factors. I'll let you guess. It's after midnight and it's something else prior to me being a Christian. Man, I just, can't, just roll the decks back. Think about your great decisions in your life where you're like, ah, what was it? What's the commonality? Eh, it's probably after midnight. Probably had some liquid courage, right? So you think about it, lack of boundaries. Lack of boundaries. Something that messes you up. Not because you have them. If I begin setting boundaries, I will, I will be hurt by others. Well, if you've never set any boundaries and all of a sudden you come in and you're like, this is who I am, probably. It will probably hurt other people's feelings that you have boundaries. But it's a, if it's a boundary made out of love, I think they're going to get over it. If it's a boundary about health, I think they're going to get over it. Um, if I set boundaries, uh, I will hurt others. Right? I will be hurt by others was the first one. And this one is I will hurt others. No, if you set boundaries, they'll know how they can engage with you. They'll know where, where you fit uh, in, in the scheme of things with the Lord. They'll know where you fit in the scheme of things with that relationship. And people can work better in boundaries. Boundaries mean that I'm angry. No. Boundaries mean that I'm aware of the need to let my yes be yes and my no be No. You're not angry because you have boundaries. You're godly because you have boundaries, especially if they're godly boundaries. Uh, when others set boundaries, it injures me. No, you, we got to learn how to respect other people's boundaries. Well, what if I can't do what I want when they set a boundary? Okay. Like, well, let's evaluate that. Let's talk about that in community. Who would you talk about that with? I'd probably talk about that with my home group. I'd probably talk about that with my me and three. Right? So boundaries, it's not really about you and injury. The boundaries are for someone else. 
Uh, the next one says, uh, boundaries cause feelings of guilt. That's your choice. That's your choice if you want to feel guilty about a boundary that has been set upon you. Or you could uh, ask questions and inspect it and try and figure out where you fit into that. Boundaries are permanent and I'm afraid of burning my bridges. Boundaries are not always permanent. Boundaries can be fluid and move and adjust based on other people's behavior. You don't need to put yourself in a bad situation, but if somebody's proving that they can function well within the boundaries that you've set that are godly boundaries, those boundaries could change and loosen up based on how they're choosing to act. And in closing, uh, why don't we go ahead and get the communion rolling since I'm a couple minutes over. Uh, let's get the communion going. So first of all, if you are serving communion, thank you. If you're like, man, I really want to learn it. I want to serve communion. You can talk to any of these folks here. We have an open table. We do communion every week, right? So if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're excited about following him the rest of your life, please partake. If not, just let it go past. We'll hold it together and do it at the very end. So here's one of the, 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 the neatest quotes I've, I've heard, and I'm gonna, it's modified and stolen from Aaron Couch. Um, and I just think that it's, it's, it's critical for our understanding of where we're going and what we're doing in life. And here's what he says, uh, modified. Uh, the best thing you can give to your church, your spouse, your children, your extended family, your home group, or your employer is the healthiest version of you possible. And the healthiest version of you possible understands boundaries and has good boundaries. And so I know this is something we're just flying across here, but I want you to evaluate your boundaries this week. Put them in a category, is this, is this, is this a godly boundary or is this a me boundary? What does it look like? Talk about it as we dive into our, into our home groups of what do boundaries mean to me? Number one, boundaries are God's idea. Number two is that they define uh, all your values and my values, how we set those boundaries. And the third piece of it is, is, is a healthy version of you has great boundaries. So here's some questions uh, for your groups this week. Evaluate the boundaries in your life, physical, mental, and spiritual. What changes should you make? Start taking inventory on your Sabbath of your boundaries. What is the easiest boundary for you to keep? And what's the hardest boundary for you to keep? Can you imagine as you're sitting there in your small group, talking to, your, talking to each other in your me and three, and being able to share and be like, you know what, now you have accountability in your group and you're talking about, you know, this boundary is difficult for me to keep. Well, why is it difficult for you to keep? Is it an appropriate boundary? What do you think about that boundary? You know, how can we help you as a group keep this boundary? And then how can we show love through how we implement our boundaries? Boundaries are done out of love for others. It's what helps us to walk the good walk. It's what helps us to keep on track with what the Lord wants for our community. You know, our vision at Real Life is to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. So we overachieved this week and we reached the world for 16 people. Right? 
And our mission, the way that we do that is we create biblical disciples through relational environments. Let me tell you about one of our coolest baptisms. Uh, There's a gal in our church that was getting her window changed here, I think in Moscow. I'm not sure where she was, but she was getting her window changed and she was bold enough to strike up a conversation with this person about the Lord. And she was bold enough to talk about different things. And she said, and, and he's like, well, I, I live in Lewiston. And she's like, well, we have, she ha- somehow knew, we have a great home group in Lewiston. Let me get your information and I'll get you connected. So she gets this email, uh, this information, and gives it to our home group uh, guy in uh, Lewiston who's doing awesome. You know how awesome that group is doing? In the lease, of, they're called the Kodiak Club. In the lease, when the people sold the building, uh, the, their business there, they wrote in the lease that this group gets, is allowed to meet here at the Kodiak Coffee Company. That's how much impact they've had on the people there. So uh, Randy calls this guy up, it follows up with him, plugs in with him, meets with him, and gets him plugged into a home group. From changing somebody's window that lives 30 miles away from where our church is located to follow up, and he's never missed a home group since. And as they're going through homework, I'm talking about the Lord and what they're doing. He decides, you know what? I haven't been baptized. I want to get baptized. And then their whole group comes up here and they baptize him on Thursday night. That is community. That's stepping out on faith. That's understanding boundaries. That one of your boundaries is, is that if you wear God's name, you're free to talk about him. You're free to share with other people how important God is. And that guy, his life has changed forever. That's you. That's you guys. You make this church great. How you're wearing God's name out in the community, how you're showing boundaries to others out there in love, you're the ones that are changing the kingdom. I'm honored to be a part of it. Talk about boundaries. The Lord set a pretty good boundary, didn't he? He's sitting there with his disciples, with his guys. And he says, here's the deal. I'm going to do this for us. I'm going to show you what it looks like to sacrifice. I'm going to show you what it looks like to live for others. And so on that night he was betrayed, he held up the bread. And And he took it and he said, take this and eat. This is my body. And then he took the cup and he said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of a covenant. Father in heaven, um, you are an amazing, gracious father. Thank you for the way that you love us. Thank you for the way that you've given us a proper understanding of boundaries and that you give us boundaries because you love us, because you want what's best for us. I ask that throughout this week, you would reveal those to us as we're walking with you, as we're hearing you, Lord. As we're chasing you, help us to, to, to see boundaries well. Father, it's your idea. It's your idea because you love us. It's your ideas because you wanted to give us identity. And Lord, we want to be the healthiest version of us that we can be. Help us to understand boundaries the way that you would want it through your word. Father God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com. 
and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.